Blog Talk Radio. All right, let me get you sent this, sister. And then we'll be ready to go. Here's somebody come in. I think I did. Turn the door shut. Turn the door shut out there. All right. Well, everybody, let's get our song book and stand together. And let's turn to number 44. Number 44. I am thine, O Lord. I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it's all thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. From a nearer, nearer blessed Lord to the cross where over. 
and he'll have rest and she'll have peace and and uh, you know she start healing from all of it. Um, other prayer requests tonight? Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It's just I mean I I read about I read the story of the people was working in a candle factory. Did you read about them? Where the boss the boss told them they couldn't leave or they'd be fired, and so many of them were afraid to lose their job, and they stayed there. And, and they just wiped a bunch, wiped the whole planet. Now they didn't all die, but they eight of them lost their lives in there, and they were afraid to go home. Uh, just lots of lots of bad things happened, and, and uh, you know some in town they just, they're gone. They're just wiped. Right? Yeah, it did. It did. It did. It's just right. That's true. That's absolutely true. You just don't ever know. I tell you, I was I was encouraged. I seen I seen where there's one story of this one one colored fella from uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. He he drove an hour and a half up there and just set up his barbecue pit and just started cooking food for him. He said he wasn't out late charging nobody nothing. He just wanted to try to help, you know. And stuff like that that, that, that you know this helps me feel like there's still some people out there that love, loves people and loves the Lord and just wants to do things to help other people. Encouraging to see stuff like that. Um, I'm going to praise God. My mom's telling me I'm well over about my, my aunt and my uncle uh, that they're doing well. And uh, and uh, anyway, you know, he's, she was bad, bad sick with COVID, and he was too. And and, and he has dementia, but it's, it seemed like they've got it a little better under control with medication. Uh, I do want to pray for Dan. I don't know what Dan found out. I hadn't heard from Dan since he went to the doctor. But uh, I do want to pray for him and pray that he gets some answers and that he gets some help. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're trying to get that leak fixed in her spine. Uh, my mother-in-law just found out she has blood on her brain. And, uh, you know, my sister, she had blood on her brain first. That's how she found out that she was having that problem. So pray for my mother-in-law. Um, I know there are others we need to mention pray for. But uh, y'all don't have any others that you can think of? Yes, Miss Charlotte? Yes, absolutely. Pray for one on Yes, Dr. Bubba. You got anything, sister? Okay. All right. Well, let's remember to pray for Stringer and Stanley families. Let's uh, just let's pray for us. Pray for our church family. Let's pray the folks get in church, stay in church, and we we just keep on chugging and try to reach the folks to the Lord. Amen. We don't need to get discouraged because times is rough and things is happening. We need to just get more more determined that we're gonna we're gonna be faithful to God and, and try to reach people to the Lord while there's time. Amen. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Remember our missionaries and Robert lead us in prayer. Amen. Be seated.
guns are guns. Yeah, 215, 215, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me until my heart is clean. Let sunshine fill its endless part with not a cloud between. Breathe on me, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Take down my heart, cleanse every part. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. My stubborn will subdue. Teach me and learn of living flame. What Christ would have me do? Breathe on me, breathe on me. Holy Spirit, breathe. Where the flowers are blooming and the sweet waters flow, 
Everywhere he leads me, I would follow by the wall. Walking in his footsteps, he'll be crowned me
me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. Amen. Praise God. Yes, there's a theme that's been uh, singing tonight, and it'll tie in with the message tonight. <coughs> Welcome in those that are watching. I'm really out here. I see... If Cindy's watching, I can see that she's watching. It looks like she has her and I got you on there too. All right. You're recording it, I guess. I don't Okay. Robert's watching. He's getting he's getting in double vision. He's wa- he's watching me in person, but he's checking me on video to make sure I'm saying it right. I guess I don't know how that works, but anyway. <laughs> anyway. Thank you about turning Psalm one hundred and thirty one. Psalm one hundred and thirty one. And you'll be excited to see how many verses in this one. Psalm 131. <clears throat> how many Robert? How many Robert? You got? How many verses? Oh, you ain't turned to it? Sorry, oh, three. We got five. Three, I guess that. Three verses. <laughs> I'm gonna stretch this joker. I'm gonna stretch it like a like a like a fitted fitted twin sheet on a, on a full size mattress. Amen. I'm gonna stretch it out tight tonight. Amen. All right, Psalm 131, verses 1 through 3. Let's read that together if you found that in your Bible. He said, David said, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother, my soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth forever. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word and let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you, Lord, for, for calling me into this ministry. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this office, Lord, of a pastor. My Lord, I'm so privileged and honored to, to have it. Lord, I want to do the best I can with it. And, Father, I ask for your Holy Ghost to help me tonight. I pray, Father, for, Lord, you to remove anything in my mind that shouldn't be there. Lord, take away any sin in my life. Father, forgive me, cleanse me, fill me with your Holy Ghost. Lord, I don't want to hinder anything. I don't want to get in the way. I want you to speak. I want you to use me, Lord. You, you direct me and you speak through me. Help me to help your people tonight. That's the desire of my heart is to be a, a vessel for your honor, an instrument in your hand that can glorify your son. Father, I pray tonight the Holy Ghost might fill me and use me for that end. And Lord, I'll give you praise. I'll give you glory and honor. I know it's not me. And I'll be first to give you the glory for it. But I pray you'd use me. Speak to us tonight. Give us the word we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, Psalm 131, it is a psalm, a degree of practical sanctification. Sanctification, amen, being separated or drawn apart from the world to the Lord, but in order to do that, we have to be humble before the Lord. We can't serve God with pride and haughtiness. We can't be what a vessel for honor, as I just prayed about, if we are full of pride. 
And David is declaring these things to the Lord. On his way, they're on their way again to the temple to worship. And they're singing these songs of the grief. And he's just pouring his heart out. I read some people who said, well, this was this was done back during the time when Saul was after him. And another said this happened. This happened during the time that uh, when he had, when they brought the Ark of the Covenant back and he danced before the Lord and his wife, Michael or Michael or how you say it, got mad at him because she said, you're embarrassing yourself out there, dancing around like an idiot, you know. I mean, it, it makes no difference what situation it was in. He feels like he's been looked at, I guess, as full of pride. And he's, he's saying before the Lord, Lord, I'm not full of pride. He's answering, and so he's declaring his heart to God, and that's what we're going to look at tonight, being humble before the Lord. Let's just say, number one, first of all, that he declared, again, his humble heart. He said there in verse one, he, he said, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. So first thing he does is he, he renounces pride. He renounces arrogance. And Lord, I don't want any part of being proud or haughty about who I am or anything about me. So let's look at that first part of that. He said, he said, Lord, my heart is not haughty. Okay? And and again, when we're haughty, we think we got all we we we're all that, you know. I'm I'm shit, I'm better than some of these folks around here, you know. That's the haughtiness. And when when we begin to think that we somehow reach a superiority level over others. But David learned to reject pride. I mean, listen, he was the king of Israel. I suppose David could have got hot if he wanted to. Amen? He was a servant of the Lord, and he knew God was using him, and God used him to do great things. I mean, he killed Goliath. I mean, you know, I mean, God, God had used him tremendously and raised him up to be, like I said, to be the king of Israel. So, I mean, God did great things with David. But David stayed humble before the Lord. He came to the Lord, he came before the Lord in humility, he humbled himself on purpose. And let me just say, and I think you know this, but it's worth, worth saying in case somebody listening in don't know this, that's the only way you'll ever come to God, is you humble yourself. I mean, the Bible tells us that, amen? Uh, you know, he understood that Bible principle. I mean, it's explained in Proverbs, and it's quoted in James and over in Peter as well. But in Proverbs 3.34, the Bible says, Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace unto the lowly. The one who comes in cocky with the attitude, God is God got enough that better down a notch. But the one who comes to him lowly and humble and, and just willing, just wanting to be a servant, just wanting to, to find a role in God's uh, purpose and, and just wanting to be a part of it. God will take that person and use that person because God says that that, that that person is completely available. But when there's pride involved, see, that person won't wrestle with God for who gets the credit. And God's not interested in that. Over in James 4, 6, I said it, it makes it a little plainer. The Bible said, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. <clears throat> so David said, hey, God, I, I, I'm not haughty. I, and I'm, and I, I'm, I'm going to tell you all, I put, a little, I, put a, I put a post on Facebook the other day. 
I just <clears throat> seen so many people attacking independent Baptist churches on there. And the reason they attack them is because there have been some really lousy, lousy people in pulpits who've done some lousy things. There have been some perverts in pulpits and high positions in big churches who've done some pretty shady things with kids and they went to prison for it and everything. Well, that ain't just happening in big churches. It's happening in little churches, too, all across America. It ain't just happening in independent Baptist churches. But because, I believe because independent Baptist churches have stood on the King James Bible and stood for, uh, historically for the fundamentals of the faith, they're in the cross, so we're in the crosshairs all the more. Okay? If we were, wouldn't pretend, if, if, we were, if we were just kind of liberal on everything we believed, I don't think the devil would bother with us near as much. But because we, we stand for the historical faith, listen, the devil wants to knock us down, so you get people who've been hurt in those places, they assume every independent body church is the same, because that's all they've ever known. So they attack, and I just finally, I finally got, finally got enough of it. And I, I, mean, I wasn't trying to be proud or haughty. I, 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 I said very plainly, I said, you know, I, I love, I, I love God's people. I love gospel preachers. I fellowship with all true believers. You know, but but I tell you, I said, you know, I'm an independent Baptist. I'm not apologizing for that. And uh, well, I, I would read it to you, but I don't want to pull it up. But I, I just said, you know, basically. You need, I said, I'm an independent Baptist, and you need to study that third word real hard. I'm an independent Baptist. That means I ain't associated with none of mother cats and all that stuff. Amen? I, I, but all these things, I was saying, I'm not this, and I'm not the halfway down. I said, and I hate that all these start with I, because it sounds like I'm being vain. I don't want to do that. And, I, and you know, somebody usually says, well, I'm not proud. Well, that kind of throws you off right there because, you know, you say, well, I'm not. So you're, 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 you're already conscious of the fact. I mean, it sounds like you're trying to cover up the fact that you are. And I, and I hate for anybody to come out thinking that, that you're that way when you don't want to be that way. And you're not trying to be that way. And David wasn't trying to be that way. He was trying to be honest. He would say, look, Lord, I, I, don't, I, don't, want, I don't want anybody to think that I'm proud and I'm full of pride. This and he said, "Nor my eyes are not lofty, Lord." He's saying, I, "I've learned to reject arrogance. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to come off as something that I'm not." You see, when we get under the influence of pride and we start thinking that we're all that, we get arrogant, and again, we start looking down on other people. And you know, again, like I said, David had accomplished great things in his life, and he had a great destiny in front of him. But he didn't go around thinking of himself better better than other people. Uh, I read this one quote that said, Arrogance is an expression of pride. It's the proud who are arrogant. But arrogance goes beyond pride, and then it is pride looking down on other people. And, you know, he... What what else does he denounce? Not only can he denounce his pride, he denounces arrogance. But there in 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 the last part of verse 1... He said, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Neither do I exercise myself in, in great matters. He, he learned to reject selfish ambition, and he didn't try to become more than God intended for him to be. You see, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to outrun God. I'm not trying to put myself up and be something fantastic. I just want to be what God wants me to be. See, Jesus, Jesus taught us to accept the lower place and wait 
patiently, and God will lift us up to where he wants us to be. Luke 14, 8, 4, 11. I'll read it. I know you know, but I'm going to read it anyway. Where, when thou art bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down at the house room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee to come, and him come, and say to thee, Get, get this man place, and, and thou begin a shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade me, bade, bade, I keep talking, that bade thee cometh, he may say to thee, Friend, go up higher, then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased or made low, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Pastor Paul said the same thing to a degree when he, when he was expressing that God was in control of the seasons of his life. When he said this, he said, Philippians 4.11, Not that I speak in respect of one, for I learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content, whether I'm in the palace or the prison, whether I'm being honored or whether I'm in chains, whether I'm living and eating and doing well and clothed with all clothes, or whether I'm sitting in a despicable, nasty, trash-filled dungeon. I can be the same guy either place. Because circumstances and things and people's opinion of me and, 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 and position and all those things don't have to change who God has made me to be. Amen? Y'all understand what I'm saying? Listen, if I truly have a relationship and fellowship with Christ, I can rejoice even if I'm freezing cold, I'm burning hot, I ain't got nothing, I got everything I need. Doesn't make no difference. <coughs> He's saying here, I'm not trying to get selfish in my ambition, but I understand that there are godly aspirations. For example, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Paul said, Not as though I had already attained, already were perfect, but I follow after, if that I may be if I may apprehend that for which I am also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Now let me interpret that. Not as though I had already got to where I want to get to. Not that I've already achieved the level of spiritual uh, ascent that I want to get to. Or already perfect. I ain't, I ain't as mature as God wants me to be. But I follow after it. I'm, that's, in, that's the road that I'm on. That's where I'm headed. I'm headed to higher ground. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. And he said, brethren, I have I, I can't not myself to have apprehended. I haven't reached the higher ground yet, but I'm on my way there. He said, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, every bit of that, Paul is not saying, I want to get somewhere where everybody says, hey, look how great Paul is. Boy, he's a great fellow. Let's pat him on the back and give him awards and pump him up. And make him feel like he's a real big shot. Super doing a lot of preachers. Boy, they do. I tell you, I, I, I mean, and I'm not here to speak on preachers for that, but I've been around a bunch of that. It makes me sick. Amen. Some preachers put on their britches the same way I do, the same way you do. Well, and they put on their dresses, but like, they put on their clothes the same way you do. Well, they, get, they get dirty, they need a bath just like the rest of us. They sweat, they stink too. Although they don't want anybody to think they do. I tell you, uh, 
some 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 places are out for what they can get to rather than who they can reach. Um, but like I said, their godly aspirations and their selfish ambition. Second Corinthians twelve twenty says, Paul said, For I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I would. Y'all won't do what I won't do when I get there, and that I should and that I shall be found unto you such as ye would not. You won't even see me when I get there, lest there be debates, envies, wrath, strikes, backbitings, whisperings, swelling, tumult. That's where I stop. All of those things in a church. Paul said, look here, y'all, y'all, y'all can't agree. Y'all are jealous of each other. Y'all are mad at each other. Y'all are fighting over stuff. Y'all are talking bad about each other behind each other's back, whispering and gossiping and carrying on. There's, there's factions rising over here against this group over here. And I mean, y'all don't turn the church up. That's what he's saying. Now, listen, you think all those things are happening because they're all trying to serve God as hard as they can? No. They're, all those things are happening because they're all trying to look better than other ones. Gotta make sure we're doing that for the right reason. I'm not pressing y'all tonight. I know this ain't a message of all somebody here really needed here, so I'm telling you. But listen, we need to learn these things. We need to keep reminding ourselves of all these things. Because there's a time when you'll need this. Maybe not for yourself, maybe to help somebody else. Or maybe we will need it for ourselves someday. Hope not, but you never know. <clears throat> but again, selfish ambition. Philippians two three. Let nothing be done through strife. Or vain glory. Boy, that's good right there. <clears throat> let's don't do nothing to cause a fight. And let's don't do nothing just to look good. Right? That's what he's saying. But in lowliness of mind, you need to go into this not expecting anybody to pat you on the back. You need to go. Here's what he's saying. When you come into church, don't screw the other Honestly, the, the actual meaning of that verse is, you're better than me. Let each esteem the other better than themselves. I used to do that years ago from Paris. We played music. Everybody walk around and say, you're better than I am. You're better than I am. That's humbling. When you have, when you have 15, 20 people sucking you handful and telling you that you're, that, that, that you're better than they are, that makes you feel pretty humble. No, I'm not. I know myself. I'm not better than you. So you turn around and say, you're better than I am. And everybody gets to feel humble. <laughs> That's good exercise, amen? But, uh, but like I said, there's a difference between those two. I think it's easy to see, but one way to tell the difference, if you want to tell whether you're on the right trajectory in your life, is, is look at what your focus is on. Is your focus on the things that you do and the way you conduct yourself your purpose in life, is it, is, it, is it on honoring God? When you go and make a decision that's going to impact you and others around you, do you consider how this is going to look to God, how, how God's going to feel about it, or how, what God wants you to do? Do we consider those things? If we do, we're honoring God, and, and maybe we're seeking spiritual aspirations to please God, or oh, the decisions, the things we make, or is it all about honoring ourselves to make ourselves look better, to make ourselves more comfortable, and it's all about self. That's selfish ambition. I'm going to read you a couple quotes from Spurgeon. Spurgeon said, this regarding the church. He said, frequently, too, we exercise ourselves in great matters, they were talking about great matters, by having a high ambition to be
do something very wonderful in the church. This is why so very little is done. The great destroyer of good works is the ambition to do great works. In other words, if you want to have a great church, everybody do the little things that matter. And quit staring and instead of people wanting to do great big things, if everybody do the little things for God, then the big things will take care of themselves. Uh, but, but it's ambition that makes somebody want to do dramatic things when we ought to just do the basics. Uh, the second one, he's talking about preachers, and he said, the young man who's quite content to begin with preaching in a little room in a village to a dozen is the man who will win souls. The other brother who does not consider preaching till he can preach to 5,000 will never do anything. He can't. He can't get there from here. I mean, and then he says, he says, and, and there's things too high for me. He says that too there at the end of verse 1. He says, things too high for me. These apply to uh, intellectual things, uh, mental pursuits. People get, you know, look at all I know. You know, you, you can educate yourself where you're no good to nobody. That's the truth. I've met people like that. You've heard of people being so heavenly-minded they're no earthly good. You ever heard of that? You know, they, 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 they talk, I mean, they can get down and discuss with you who Cain's wife was, you know, and, and all this stuff, talk about the Nephilim and all those things, but yet they wouldn't cross their street to help somebody in me. Too heavenly-minded to know earthly good. Or you've heard, maybe you've heard of a preacher who's been to college so long and had so many honorary doctors, he got so many degrees after his name, he looked like a thermometer, but he ain't got no temperature. Ain't got no fire. There's a lot of them too. You get too educated, you can't relate to people. And God, you know, Paul said, "I've become all things to all men, that I might by any means save some." So I got to lower myself to men of low degree. He said, "You can't do that when you get your head so full of uh, intellect that it's like you're something that you're not." And so he said, "I don't." He said, "I don't." Uh, my heart ain't puffed up, you know. My 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 eyes ain't lofty, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to beast up my mind. I'm not trying to get involved in things and, and that are they're too high for me. He said, verse two. He says, surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Where are you going with that? <laughs> well. David ain't trying to reach a proud accomplishment. He's trying to find peace in his soul. That's what he's searching for. He's searching for, for, for peace and satisfaction in his soul and being content with what God chose to do with him. That's what he's trying to do. So he said, I'm like a weaned child. Like a weaned child with his mother. A child that's not been weaned yet holds on to mama with, I mean, the, the thoughts is, is food. Mama's food. I need to eat. Hey, mama's going to feed me. So mama's food, and, and mama's, if I cry, mama's going to be right there. Immediate satisfaction. All I have is whimper, cry, and mama's right there. That's a, that's a child that's not weaned. Okay? But a weaned child doesn't embrace mother and out of the immediate desire for food because he's not going to mother in that way for food anymore. She provides him food, but not not feeding him from her body. So 
that relationship changes once a child is weaned, and, and the desire for mother is for love, for for closeness, for companionship, for warmth, all of those things that that, that relationship shifts shifts into, and that that kind of describes that is desire to draw near to God. He's saying, God, I I, I I'm like a weaned child. I, you're, you're my everything. I cling to you. Listen, you know, a toddler, one thing about toddlers, they get a little bit of independence about them, right? Just for a minute. Amen. Just like, like I said, you know, I used to go around hiding in the clothes racks, and that was fun for just a minute until I stuck my head out and I couldn't find mama nowhere. And all of a sudden, I went from being a big boy to being a, you know, I need mama right now. But he says again, he said, my soul is even as a weaned child. He repeats it he repeats it for emphasis. And you think about the process of weaning. I mean, it it makes everybody want to pull their hair out sometimes. It's a, it's a traumatic it could be a traumatic process. I mean I've never had to go through it, praise God. As a daddy I don't have to go through it. But you know, I mean I and, and thank God Savannah was an easy one to wean. But you know, I, I remember those that wasn't. And uh and it's, it's a strange experience for the child, a terrible experience for the child, but it's necessary for the child to develop right. Uh, Wayne child, after a little while, comes to realize, you know, just because Mama ain't feeding me milk anymore, you know, she still, she still got a lot of great things. And I, I'm very thankful for Mom, and she's a wonderful presence in my life, even though I don't need her in that way. Well, I need her in every way. And that child comes to love the mother herself rather than just a gift that she provides. And David said, you know, that's the way I see God. It's not, you know, it's, it goes beyond being saved. It goes beyond that. I, I need him for everything. You know, not just a ticket out of, out of hell and into heaven. I need him in every way. I depend on him for everything. My soul is like a weaned child. You know, I said, you know, it can be a traumatic process. To an adult, weaning is a natural process and has to happen, but to a child, they see it as a battle sometimes. You know, I want my battle, you know, or whatever. What David wrote here was contentment with God that came after a battle. And that battle is the, is, is the struggle that we have, uh, the tendency of our flesh. We, we, we tend, we, we tend to, to go back to our flesh. And we have to learn that we really need to rely on God rather than a child going back for that milk. A child just needs to trust that mama's going to take care and provide everything. Listen, we don't need to go back to the way we used to be. We need to go forward. We need to trust God that he's going to provide everything for us. And, and what David was writing over here is a contentment with God. Like I said, it came after that battle of that struggle. And, uh, and again, we need to learn that we, we, we still need to rely on God. Just like, like I said, like a child feels independent, yet he learns quickly that he needs his mama so she gets out of his sight. And, uh, you know, he's saying, God, I don't want to get too far away from you. I, I'm just like a weaned child. I, I need you. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to wander from you. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, a weaned child, Little, little kids like they want to express their love often, don't they? They like getting kisses and hugs and things. 
I won't. I won't. They won't. You know, they, 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 I draw you a picture, and they brag it to you. Come on, because they love you. They want to show their affection. And that's the way we ought to be. And that's what David was expressing to God. Lord, that's the way I am to you. I, I, I want to I want to show you how much I love you. I want to express my love to you often. I want your approval, Lord. Little child wants mama's approval. And and we ought to want that from God like a little child. That's what David said. David said we need to be like little children to God. We're trying to be so independent and so full of look at what I've done and what I can be. Well no, we humble ourselves. Child wants to please mama. We ought to want to please God. So what are we weaned from? What should we we be weaned from? We should be weaned from self-reliance, depending on ourselves, what we can do, what we know. We need to be weaned from our self-will. I'm going to do what I want to do because I want to do it. And that's just me, and that's okay because that's me, and I'm going to do it because I want to. We need to be weaned from that and depend on God and let him let Him show us his will. We need to be weaned from self-seeking. Just looking for God to get the glory, not for us to get the glory. We need to be weaned from relying on the things of this world to make us happy. You know, God God will make you happy, but you got to spend the time with you got to put in the work in the relationship. But, you know, I, I tell you this, I, I've known some people that are really, really close to God in my life. And I mean, when I say that, I mean a lot more than I am. And I, and I want to be. But I've been around some people that I would call spiritual giants, people that really have a really close walk with God. And, you know, I don't ever see any of them that's unhappy. I don't ever talk to none of them that are just down in the dumps and, and just can't get going and just, you know, every one of them that I know of that are like that, they're always, got joy. They always have it. And it, it is not from this world. And when you talk to them, you know, I talk to some friends, and when I talk to them, you know, we talk about everything's going wrong. But when I talk to them, they want to talk about everything God's doing, and everything's going right. You know, and all that is, is what, where's the focus? Where's the focus? To put our focus on the Lord, we rejoice. You know, we need, to, we need to wean ourselves from depending on this world and make us happy. We need to wean ourselves from this world depending on it to provide what we need. God said, I'll, I'll, I'll supply all your need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I don't mean not working a job. I just mean we ought not rely on this world. There's so many people in this world that rely on this world and nothing else. And I, and I feel for them. I really do. <clears throat> but, you know, sometimes... sometimes Speaking of weaning, sometimes God allows things or circumstances in our life to wean us from things that we have relied on. You know, Jesus talking in John 15 about I'm the vine, you're the branches. You know, he talks about pruning those branches. And sometimes God weans us or prunes us because we won't move. And he's trying to get us to move. He's trying to get us to take a step in another direction. He's trying to get us to, to walk with him, and we're comfortable. And so God has to lean us off of things that keep us from moving forward with him. Or he has to prune us or cut us back or cut something off or whatever. But but he does that for our good. I'm going to give you a Spurgeon quote, and we're, and we're just about done. He said, Blessed are those afflictions which subdue.
subdue our affections, which wean us from self-sufficiency, which educate us into Christian manliness, which teach us to love God not merely when he comforts us, but even when he tries us. We need to learn to trust him even when we don't understand what he's doing, cling to him. You know, there, there was times growing up, I'm sure that Mama made decisions, and I went, what is she doing? But I trust her. You know, even though I didn't know, maybe didn't know, understand why she was doing what she was doing at the moment. child kind of has to do that, you know. When you're a child, you're in a car, you're going where they're going. And, and, and it's just getting in front of seat trying to fight for the wheel because you ain't giving it. So we need to take that into our Christian life and realize God God ought to be the one with the wheel, with the wheel of our life, not us. We need to let him drive. We need to take our hands off of it. And we need to trust that he knows what's best. And, uh, and verse 3 said, verse three said, let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. And I think that promises for us as well. We need to hope in the Lord now and forever. And, 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 and you know, Israel, Israel right now, Israel's turned their back on God. Israel's going through a long, hard season. And will continue to all through the tribulation period. But, but you know, that, that promise is there. God, God's going to bring her back to himself. And uh, she will turn back to him. And then we and, and we and the, and the children of Israel will reign together for a thousand years on this earth. But I tell you, we need, we need to remember in everything that we do to draw near to God. Do not let the things of this world pull our affections, pull our attention away from him or, or make us feel that we're something we're not. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Like I said, we just we we need to uh, we need to submit ourselves and surrender.